Hello, I'm Jordney Karma, and I've loved to read ever since I can remember. But somewhere between college and the real world, I miss the memo on what I could be reading as an adult. For years, I've thought of adult fiction as this book's secret that everyone was in on but me. I decided to change that by focusing on fiction for a year and choosing books based on a specific genre or theme for each month. This is season one, episode two of Reading Like an Adult, and we're going to talk about dystopian societies and cults in fiction. Contemporary dystopian fiction is a theme I felt pretty familiar with because I became an adult right around the time when The Hunger Games was a big thing. As I was making my way through college and getting ready to enter the real world, young adult fiction was taken over by heroines who battled dystopian structures and fought for freedom, hope, and love. Fast forward to 2019, which is when I started making my reading list for this year, and dystopian was very much a thing again this time in the world of adult fiction as well. In fact, the idea of reading a bunch of books about dystopian worlds, cults, and strange pockets of society where people become insular and get sucked into each other's insanity was one of the first clear themes that I started writing down when I knew I wanted to read fiction this way. It took me about a year to compile a long to-be-read list. I felt like I was throwing spaghetti against a wall just to see what sticks, what books will I be able to finish, what stories will I make time for. I recklessly added things I wasn't sure if I'd like or not to my to-be-read list just to have good variety. The older I get, the more I think about how we can all only read so many books in a lifetime. I wanted to find books that I wanted to read. I didn't want to force myself to read adult fiction because I thought I should. I wanted it to be an enjoyable and compelling experience. So I went a lot on gut instinct to make my list. I don't think there's anything wrong with picking up a book based on the cover, or because you love the title, or because a friend recommended it, even though they couldn't explain exactly what they loved about it. Find what works for you. Of all the ways I tried to jumpstart my reading life, the biggest thing that helped me was simply going to a physical library. I relied on checking out Kindle books online for a while, but when you don't quite know what you're looking for, it's harder to browse. The library shelves, especially the shelves with new titles and staff picks, opened up the reading world for me again. During my month of reading books about people sucked into strange worlds, I realized that there are some pretty big differences between the way adult dystopian is written and the way young adult dystopian is written. First, a caveat. I'm not an expert on the history and rise of young adult fiction, a topic that has been endlessly discussed and debated by the literary community. If you want a great, informative podcast episode about YA, there's an episode of the Print Run podcast that has a great breakdown. I'll link to it in the show notes on readinglikeanadult.com. Back to the episode. What I found by reading about dystopian worlds in adult fiction versus the YA I was more familiar with is that YA is more about an upward journey, going from a bad situation to a more hopeful situation often ending with the heroine conquering the evil that has taken over society. 
Adult fiction is messier and more ambiguous. It deals with the gray. The two titles I want to focus on contrasting in this episode are The Farm by Joanne Ramos and The Gracier by Kim Liggett. The Farm is adult and The Gracier is YA. Both of them are narrated by women. Both of them are about societies that control and commodify women. And both of them have open-ended conclusions that let the reader imagine how or if the dystopian structure in place eventually collapses or doesn't. So what's the difference between the two? What makes one story an adult book and the other a young adult book? Let's talk about the farm first. It's the story of a young woman named Jane, who is a Filipina immigrant living in Queens and trying to get by as a struggling single mom. She ruins her chances of being a nanny for a wealthy family, the best income source she had in reach. So when the opportunity arises for her to make far more money for a mere nine months of her life, she takes it, agreeing to be a host on the farm. She'll be a surrogate and carry a child for an unknown wealthy person who can pay top dollar for a viable infant. How far really is that A story from our own reality? I thought a USA Today review summed it up well. What's so striking about the farm isn't that it imagines a frightening dystopia. This isn't a hundred years in the future, it's next week. This is reality nudged just a touch to its logical extreme. Its very plausibility is a warning shot. I described the farm in one of my recent email newsletters as something for people who want to be into Hulu's version of The Handmaid's Tale, but are looking for something with more nuance. The Farm is very much a 2019 book, dystopian fiction that is not only a warning but also a question, perhaps a series of questions. Its morally gray characters don't make us sympathize only with Jane and the vulnerability of her situation. It's a book full of people doing the wrong thing for understandable reasons. The end doesn't offer comforting conclusions, maybe because they don't exist. When a literary work is unafraid to delve into complex layers of gender, race, and privilege that are all at work in our 21st century society, it's hard to expect it to also offer neat, black-and-white answers at the end. Adults know that real life doesn't have easy answers. Things are simpler, although more visceral and violent, in the grace year. The main character, Tyranny, is 16, the age where girls are sent to live in the woods and survive on their own for one year, as dictated by their society's tradition. Village leaders tell them that 16-year-old girls are full of magic, and they must have it purged out of them through this trial by fire. Not every gracier girl comes back alive. This dystopian thriller has shades of The Hunger Games and Lord of the Flies, and it's beautifully written with flowing prose and a mythic quality that give the reader the sense that it could happen at any time and place. In a way, it has happened, it is happening, and it will happen, as long as society is utterly unforgiving toward young women. When will we stop both telling teenage girls that their worth is found first and foremost in their appearance and criticizing and sexualizing them for being young and beautiful and daring to exist? Content-wise, The Gracier is way more violent than The Farm. So what makes it a young adult book? Mainly, it's about perspective. This is the story of a teenage girl, and it's told the way a teenage girl would experience it. 
in broad strokes in full immediate emotion without a mature adult perspective. There's no looking back or even really learning lessons and gaining experience yet. It's visceral, instinctive, of-the-moment decision-making. After my little dystopian fiction experiment, I found myself musing on how adult dystopian worlds are all about the question, when will this normal situation descend into madness? You feel it coming in the farm, that downward journey from a place where life is sane and normal, although hard, into a morally gray rabbit's hole where things are impossible. Speaking of rabbits, you also know the madness is on its way in Bunny by Mona Awad, a wonderfully weird novel about a writer's group gone awry. While Bunny isn't dystopian per se, it definitely fits into the theme with its depiction of a tiny, very strange little society that the female writers in the book have created for themselves. The story begins in full sunlight at a stuffy gathering where the narrator is making fun of the other women in her MFA program, a group of ultra-privileged young women who all address each other as Bunny. But things get dark quickly once the group's secret writing process is revealed. Let's just say that Kill Your Darlings becomes very literal. Unlike The Farm and classic dystopian works like 1984 and Brave New World, Young adult dystopian fiction usually ends on a hopeful note. The evil dystopian structure has been dismantled, or if it hasn't yet, you know that good will prevail eventually. You'll see this upward trajectory in The Grace Year and The Hunger Games, as well as Divergent, Matched, The Giver, We Set the Dark on Fire, and basically any other YA dystopian book series. In a way, it's fitting that YA reminds us that it's always the new generation, the young people, who are bold and fearless and hopeful enough to think that they can change the whole world. Adult fiction is often more about navigating the world as it is. For this episode's reading inspiration, I wanted to leave you with the idea of synchronicity. It might sound a little out there, but stay with me. I first came upon this concept in Julia Cameron's famous course for creatives, The Artist's Way. Synchronicity is the idea that once you commit to something creative, you'll start finding meaningful connections that help you on your journey. For me, committing to a journey of rediscovering reading led to lots of moments of synchronicity. A writer I love mentions another writer whose book I've been eyeing. I check out a book from the library and realize that I now recognize the names who have written recommendation blurbs for it. And yes, you could just say that I'm learning to follow contemporary authors a lot better, but I like to see these moments as little points of connection in a larger, more meaningful endeavor. Thanks for listening. The books mentioned in this episode were The Farm by Joanne Ramos, The Gracier by Kim Liggett, The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, Lord of the Flies by William Golding, 1984 by George Orwell, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, Divergent by Veronica Roth, Matched by Ali Condi, The Giver by Lois Lowry, and We Set the Dark on Fire by Taylor K. Mejia. You can visit readinglikeanadult.com for the show notes. This episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. I'm Jordani Karma, and I'm glad you're joining me on this reading journey. In the next episode, we'll talk about romantic comedy.